When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We said this yesterday, I think, but you really forget that feeling of playoff football and your team being in it, even when you're just out by one season. Mm-hmm. Even then, it kind of wears away from you, that that buzz. And I know a lot of people had this take I would say this probably before the three-game winning streak and how the Steelers have looked of late, but a lot of people were probably in the camp of, oh, what's the point of making the playoffs, right? Like, who cares? They're going to get blown up, blah, blah, blah. Like, who cares? What's the point? Maybe that's tone's changed just because of the way the team has played leading into that three-game winning streak. I mean, they're scoring 30 points left and right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's modern-day football. That can win in the playoffs. So maybe that has, you know, kind of died down a bit from people uh but just the pure excitement and the what if factor that the playoff presents you uh, is truly why we do this why Mm. we're fans of these teams in all of sports is to get this chance ticket yeah to potentially cash in and only 14 out of the 32 nfl teams a year get this ticket with a chance to cash it in and your team's one of them and even two years ago, when they went to Kansas City, Ben's last year got sledgehammered. I mean, they were up 7 nothing at one point, and then it was over mm-hmm. before you could even blink after TJ watched touchdown. The Chiefs were up by, like, three scores. Mm-hmm. Even then, leading into that game, even though we weren't that optimistic, you had that what if. You had that, I mean, what's that, TJ Watt? I mean, the fumble, we get a touchdown Tom, on defense. Like, what if right. we win? Like, As soon as that defensive touchdown happened, but that that scoop and score by TJ happened, you thought, oh my gosh. Yes. Like, there, so, there's a, like, there's no, like, more hype, uh, hypotheticals here. You're in the game, and you're up in the second quarter. There's no more what ifs. You, you can do it. And then you couldn't do it. But then you couldn't do it. But right. the point being, even before the game started, they're coming out onto the field. The national anthem's playing. We're about to hit on on that pot to take Billy and Wolf and Max and Missy live mm-hmm. over the air for the game. And you're feeling those butterflies in your stomach like, is this playoff football? Like, we can do this. Al Pacino mm-hmm. told me that on any given mm-hmm. Sunday, you can win a game. And, like, let's do this. And then you lost. But that feeling is, again, the pinnacle of being a fan. Um of course, winning the Super Bowl is is probably the pinnacle, if you want to use that word literally. But I'm just saying, like, but you don't get to hope, the, you, you don't, don't get, get to the Super Bowl get without hope, this, getting this, this hope, feeling right. of of oh boy, we're in the tournament now. Mm-hmm. And this year is a lot different to me than that 2021 Chiefs year. Not only is there this what if factor, I know you're a double digit underdog right now, but I think this what if is a little bit more doable than that one. And I'm buying into this not potentially being a win for the Steelers, but I'm almost all the way there at 
The blowout streak is over. The three straight games of just kind of getting, you know, back against the wall right away from the Jags, the Browns, and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That's over. This is going to be a very close game. You're going to make the Bills sweat this one out. It is going to be a one-score game at some point in the fourth quarter. I truly, truly am almost to the 100% confidence level as far as that's concerned. I, I just don't see the Bills as that team this year. Certainly they have the ability to, but their consistency has just been all over the place that even without T.J. Watt, I, I just don't see them rampaging through Pittsburgh like the Chiefs of 2021 did. They're, mm-hmm. they're not that type of team. They're not a slam-dunk favorite. Mm-hmm. Like like we said, that Chiefs team was the two-seed to the Titans' one-seed. We all knew that they were really the one-seed that year, though. We all knew that they were better than the Titans. It's not that way this year. Like The Bills aren't this just overwhelming favorite that's the two-seed and the one-seed just snuck it away from them. No, Baltimore's no the one-seed deserved Buffalo. it this year, right. And Buffalo's had a lot of flaws this year. I mean, just, I know they won five straight games, and that's that's remarkable, but they were a 6-6 six and six football team at one point. So there are fallacies there that I still think you can take advantage of. I don't see Buffalo, you know, 35 to 10 the Pittsburgh Steelers in this no, game. No, I don't and I, and I don't think that the Steelers are going to let that happen either. No, Tom. I mean, 11 or 10 or 10 or 11 of these games the Steelers have played this year have been single-digit games, one-possession games. Uh, and we know how well they do in those one-possession games. Granted, a lot of their losses came in non one possession games they they were you know blown out in week 1 by San Francisco blown out in week 4 by Houston um had surprising a surprising loss to Arizona and then the big blowout against Indianapolis but I'm with you and how many times this season have have we tried to recognize in the moment where we're saying Tom I feel like we're talking ourselves into this trap I don't want to fall into that trap because I I've, I've fallen for it before and you kind of come down to earth, you get more realistic expectation, and if the Steelers won that week, you'd feel good about it, and if they lost, you said, well, at least we didn't get all this false hope. Now, we did fall for against Arizona and New England, but that was different circumstances. I don't think there's any false hope. Uh, no, I don't either. With this, this, with is this real. game. This is real hope. Now, I, the, the pushback I'll give you on that is, when the season started, you and I kind of went down a timeline of the last five years or so. Right, dating back to 2019. 2019, uh, Ben gets hurt. You think, okay, well, we're still staying afloat with Mason and Duck, and then you lose your last three, you miss the playoffs. 2020 comes in, it's Ben's first season back. You think, okay, well, Ben's going to come back at the ripe old age of, what, 38, play great as as that surgery and that season-ending injury never happened. And then they fall to, what, a 1-4 and four record down the stretch and losing the playoffs. Uh, 2022 happens, and you think, okay, well, Kenny Pickett, insert him immediately into the lineup, and you have a winning team again. Well, you kind of played with your food a little bit. You didn't insert him into the lineup as early as you should have. You missed out on the playoffs. And then we came into this year saying, okay, you had Kenny Pickett um, uh, play with all the starters throughout the entire offseason, preseason, training camp, all of that. Your defense is really healthy. You should feel really good about this season. And Kenny Pickett didn't work out, and you lost at three different stages, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt. So <clears throat> hard to kind of say, like, well, 2023, you, you shouldn't have been that high on. But the difference is is that you, you got in once again, and 
Yeah, I, I was saying about how we shouldn't have been expe- high, had high expectations about 2020 when they got in and then lost in the playoffs in 2021 when they also got in and lost the playoffs, but at least you gave yourself the chance, right? Because like you said to start this episode, it's been only two years since the Steelers have made the playoffs. They only took one year off of making the playoffs. It felt like ages, did it not? Of course it did. So it, it doesn't matter what you do, and to be honest... Uh, when you look at the last two playoff appearances by this team, uh, 11-0 to 1-4, and you didn't feel good going into the postseason after doing that. And then in Ben's last year, you really were hobbling your way in. Those two teams weren't all-time great Steelers teams, so it's not hard to compare them to, but you feel better about this team compared to those two teams. Okay. I agree with you, clearly, because I was the one who kind of said it first. So I think actually more accurately you agree with me. <laughs> or you agree with yourself. And I think the majority, I always agree with myself, even if I'm wrong. The majority of people out there listening, I think, agrees with us. But their best player's hurt. The guy that they're mm-hmm. one in ten without is hurt. So why do we have these good vibes? It's it's Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I almost said freaking Mason uh, of, Rudolph of, there, and not the freaking word. Like that's how of all insane people. it is this confidence mm-hmm. instilled from a emergency third-string quarterback who's really only here because he had no other options, because no other fish bit on him. He had no choice but to come back to the Pittsburgh Steelers with his hat in his hand and say, hey, nothing's really out there for me. I think it can be mutually beneficial if I stay here. And they agreed, and it is mutually beneficial. We got a young quarterback room led by a young player a second-year man. Could use as many guys that are familiar with this system and familiar with Pittsburgh Steelers football as possible, and you're the most veteran member of that quarterback room, Mason. So, yeah, I'll bring you back on a cheap deal. you would be the emergency third-string guy. And, hey, even because the new rules, you don't even have to wear sweatpants on. So you can actually wear a uniform every Mm -hmm. Sunday. So mutually in the interest of both of the parties, now, in hindsight, that way mu- yeah, right. mutually beneficial for both parties. Uh, more beneficial for the Steelers, to be honest. Although Rudolph did just revive his career, too. Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably he's get a good get contract out of it. So I think it's here. pretty mutually he's beneficial. Get a good contract here. I'm going to just start speaking that into existence. Manifest I, it, I, I dude. Want it I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, I just take all that Mitch money and I slide it on over to make it Mason money. I think that's, that's pretty fair. Um, and I think that Mason would accept that. But the confidence he gives you in this game is truly remarkable. And I, I see people on Twitter, you know, fans of other teams in comment sections, like calling him fraud off and like saying he'll eventually the wheels will fall off. And I'm <laughs> worried about that for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, there's Jake Browning had three great games this year. You know, like the players have great games. But Jake Browning didn't have a quarterback rating of 112 in three games. Mm-hmm. Jake Browning didn't meet Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert's season totals on QB ratings over 112 in just his first three games. There has been a lot of, whoa, moments from quarterbacks that are no names in this league this year. Aiden O'Connell threw for four touchdown passes in a game against the Chargers. I I just mentioned Jake Browning. I mean, they're all over the place. I'm willing to say, though... Even though some guys like kind of puts up crazy numbers like the four touchdown game, mm-hmm. I'm willing to say that the best professional quarterback play from any of these band of backups has been from Mason Rudolph. And the rating backs me up on that. 
And the fact that he just had a 90% completion percentage backs me up on that. And the fact that he's completing almost 75% of his passes in these past three games backs me up on that. He doesn't have the five-touchdown game. He did have a 300-yard game, but he's playing extremely professional quarterback. And that, above all else, I think, gives you hope for the longevity of it because that completion percentage is so damn high. He threw one pass, Jacob, that I can remember being interceptable, and that was in the Baltimore game at the beginning. The, yeah, against right. Marcus first game. First passes he throws in the game in a monster. Do you remember we were keeping a streak at the beginning of the season of plays that, that Kenny threw that could have been not just interceptable but pick sixes? So that play, and then the play where Clowney kind of got to him and he just mm-hmm. kind of threw it up in the air, and luckily it landed in the ground and it was a forward pass. Yeah. They're the only two plays that I can remember where I was like, ooh, backup quarterback. And it was in a monsoon, and he moved on from them right away. Yeah, you didn't see him get rattled rattled. by it. He hasn't gotten rattled for a second. He's had to go to Seattle. He's had to go to Baltimore in a hurricane. Hasn't gotten rattled by any of it. Now he's got to go to Buffalo. But, I mean, hey, that Seattle game warmed him up for this, for sure. That That's as hostile and as the I'd Bills crowd. I'd say Baltimore as well. Yeah, I mean, that crowd, I think, was not as sure. full. You know, those are a lot of giveaway tickets out in Baltimore because no one really wants to go to that game. And but you're still seeing fans show up, and, and, they're, they're, still they're, hating, and, and they're still they hating, and they're still hating and booing you. And right. They hate the black and gold, yes. But Seattle, for sure, I think, it has really been a good, a good test for him and, and a good— you know, warm up for him. Not that that was a warm up. You needed that game, but you you get my drift. Like he's he's been in an environment that he's going to see in Buffalo. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough because <clears throat> when you look at Seattle, the three row games: Seattle, Baltimore, Buffalo. <clears throat> Seattle, m- not a playoff team this year, right? So move them down a pick for that. Baltimore, they were playing their backups. Move them down a pick for that. Now you're in Buffalo. It's not just you're playing a playoff team. This is the playoffs, and you're getting their starter. So without question, this is going to be his biggest road test. But like you said, Tom, I mean, he came in in relief of uh, Mitch Trubisky with very little time left against Indianapolis. So there was I, I can't really evaluate his game uh, against Indy, but he came into the the game on <clears throat> against the Bengals with. There was still some unknown, right? Because Mike Tomlin didn't really formally announce that Mason was starting until, what, Monday when he had his press conference that week because it was a Saturday Saturday afternoon game. So he didn't even have the full, full, full week. He had really five days of, of knowing that I'm going to be the guy. And then game day was on Saturday. He had his biggest win. He he provided the Steelers their biggest win and their, and their best offensive performance. And then you go to Seattle, you have to recreate, you have to keep winning every game. At that, at that point, when, after you lost those three games in a row, every game for you is a playoff game, right? Because if you lose, you're out. So it's really you, you win and you move on, or you lose and you go home. And he leads a really great offensive performance. Obviously, he got, he got a lot of help from Najee and Jalen Warren, but we still contend that the two biggest plays on offense from that day were the third down pass that he threw to George Pickens and then Mike Tomlin's decision to put the ball in Mason's hands on first down or yeah on first down at the two minute warning and get a first down pass to, uh, to George Pickens. So he checks off that box. Then you have week seven or week eighteen rather on the road, divisional opponent, your your biggest opponent for that matter, in the rain, 
terrible conditions, and you still win. And not only not only do you win that game, sure he didn't have ridiculous, like beautiful, you know, three hundred plus yards and three touchdowns. Still threw for a hundred and some yards. Still threw for a seventy-one yard touchdown pass. And guess what? He had the highest completion percentage of any quarterback in Steelers history. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank average federally insured by ncua that when you take into the equation the elements that he was playing in the 90 percent completion percentage is more impressive than in a game where you throw for like 350 yards in my eyes yeah yeah in my eyes if if, if, if the weather conditions are that bad what quarterback was still... going to go down there and just like throw the ball mm-hmm. on a rope through that and get like 400 yards and four touchdowns is there like Anyone other than Mahomes and Allen who could probably do that in your eyes? Probably not, right? Maybe a handful on a Maybe good, like on Burrow. any given day. And I don't even know if you could say Allen because Allen's such a gunslinger. And, but Burrow's just like such a smart, savvy guy that he'd run the ball and dump the ball off like crazy and do a lot of high percentage But wouldn't, wouldn't Allen play. make some mistakes yes. and run the ball a lot too? Yes. So I can't even maybe say Allen. Right. That's a great point. He would just use his legs. I can't even say Allen. So yeah, maybe there's one. Maybe there's one yeah, guy one you guy. think would just still go out there and just... And like we're not that. trying to say that Mason's going to do that every single week, but he showed that he was capable of doing it in that week. And now I just love the matchup. Like you're Mason Rudolph, you've you've become a not just Pittsburgh story, Pittsburgh legend almost in these three games. Well, if you win the game in Buffalo, I think you're a you're a legend. Oh, one hundred one hundred percent. But nationally, you're getting a lot of buzz too. And now you're going up against. I am comfortable saying the second best quarterback in the field, behind Mahomes. I still put Mahomes at the top, and I'm talking just this year, not looking at career. And maybe Allen's look- better than Mahomes this year. You're looking at guys remaining in the playoffs? All the playoffs. NFC, AFC. Not Lamar? I'm taking Allen, man. More total yards, more total touchdowns. Yeah, he throws a lot of picks. Mm, but I might, The guy who's going to win MVP? Not going to push back on you. Yeah. You can take Lamar. Yeah. I'm going to take Allen. Okay. But those are my top three. They're all in the AFC. Yeah, right. And I mean, I'm not taking Dak in the postseason. But the point being, you're playing a, an MVP caliber player. You're playing a stud. You're playing... I said you're playing the guy who had the most touchdowns and the most yards of any player in the NFL this year. So that kind of juxtaposition is such a great story for not just us, but nationally. If if he can go toe-to-toe with this guy, because let's look at the quarterbacks he's played. And I know I I have said this before, and I agree with it because I always agree with myself. I really don't like when they go quarterback matchup, like Manning versus Brady. like Because mm-hmm. it's not. It's Manning versus the Patriots defense, and it's Brady, Brady versus, versus the Broncos the, right. slash Colts defense. Mm-hmm. So it's not Rudolph versus Allen. It's Rudolph versus the Bills D. But, you know, that's just the way, you know, in our society, that's the they're the headline grabbers, the quarterback position. You, you, you pin those two against each other. Mm-hmm. They get the win-loss record. They get the win or they get the loss on their record. And when you look at those two, and if he can outduel or do just as good as or keep the team around Josh Allen and play up to his level, um, 
then that confidence, even if they lose the game, that confidence in him coming back and potentially having a shot to be a quarterback next year for the Steelers, the quarterback next year for the Steelers, it grows exponentially because it's, even though you're not if, if he wins the game like if you lose the game there's a chance a good Mason game. doesn't Mason well I'm just saying lose regardless if he loses and sure if he has a good game or not there's still a chance he's not on this team this year right, next but year where I'm going with if, that if, is, but if, if he wins the game then he is for sure if where I'm going with that mainly though is he beat Browning he beat Smith he beat Huntley so like this is great mm-hmm. but it's like where's your marquee win it would beat yeah, Josh be Allen in a wild card round on the road. There's your marquee win, and and then even if you lose again, the next round, again, I you know still got the win, right? And again, I know it's not fair because he's, he went up against Seahawks defense, not Geno Smith. He went up against the Ravens defense, not Tyler Huntley. Um, he'll go up against the Bills but he outdueled a specific when you quarterback. Look back on yeah. that moment, it's not going to be ah. Remember when Mason just went out there and carved Buffalo's defense to shreds? It's going to be. Do you remember when Mason beat Josh Allen in right, Buffalo? Do right. you remember when Mason Rudolph sent Josh Allen past? No, that's that's how the league works now. It's Mahomes versus Burrow. It's Mahomes versus Allen. It's Allen versus Burrow. Like you said, Brady and Manning. It's 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 all about the quarterbacks. And I I am so confident, not to say that I'm confident that the Steelers get the win on Sunday, but I'm so confident that if Mason Rudolph pulls off the win, Against Josh Allen, and like I said, you know, saying Josh Allen, not the Bills deep, but if he gets the win, you cannot afford to let this guy play for another team next year. Because what did we say about what did we what were we saying about the AFC for however long? Oh, it's Mahomes and Burrow. It's Mahomes. Or I'm sorry, it's Mahomes and Allen. Mahomes and Allen. And then what does Joe Burrow do his second year of eligibility after sitting out? The entire second half of his rookie year. Oh, he he goes on the road and beats Kansas City in Week 17. Oh, he goes on the road and be, and beats uh, and beats uh, Mahomes in the in the AFC Championship game. Both times coming from behind <clears throat> in the game. Right, both come come from behind victories. I'm not saying that you have to if 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 Mason outduels Josh Allen, you have to insert Mason Rudolph in the in the upper echelon of AFC quarterbacks. But you are saying he's got to be the starter here next year. But you can't afford to just say, okay, well, that guy can go play for another team, and he can do really well for another team. You can't afford to say it, but also, can your pocketbook afford it? Because, I mean, he's made money now. Like, right now, we're talking Mitch Trubisky money. I wonder— What does a playoff win in Buffalo do for his market value? Yeah. Does that move from $8 million to, like, 12, 13? 20 might be way too I don't know. Like, is it, though? Matt quarterbacks got a ton of money for winning winning one one regular season game. Season finale game. One regular season Mm -hmm. game. And do you remember who he beat? I don't. Was it He beat the 0 in 16 Lions. That's the team he beat. Or like the 1 in 15 Lions. He got a lot of money. To end up sitting behind Russell Wilson for his first couple of years in in Seattle, and then they moved on from Eflin. Um, so you just you, you're you're you say twenty, and it's like ooh twenty, but you're all it takes is one, right? All it takes is one GM, one ownership group that says, "Back up the Brinks truck and bring me that guy from Pittsburgh. He can play." Now, if TJ Watt was playing, how much confidence would you have? Would it be even? Like, to the point of you think the Steelers would win? I'd I'd be, you know, I'm on the verge of like I'm around forty percent third, like thirty five upper thirties right, right now. now. 
I'd be You'd probably be a coin flip. I'd be probably like fifty five. You'd at least be a coin flip. I'd be fifty five. That the Bills win or the Steelers? That the Steelers win. win. You think the Steelers would win? I I mean, look what happened when T.J. Watt went to Buffalo two years ago for the season opener. What happened? He forced what? He had like three sacks in the day, two of which he, were strip along sacks. Along with special teams, won that game. Yeah. Yep. And I think defensive splash along with special teams might have to help you along in this game as well. But like we said, we have Mason Rudolph that we can keep falling back on and say we don't have to like keep stretching and going, oh, you need, you need a punt return. You need a, a strip sack fumble. Uh, strip sack fumble. Strip sack touchdown is what I meant. Mm-hmm. You need a play like that. I don't feel... I mean, you you definitely want plays like that, and you're going to need splash from the defense, but it's like I don't feel like that's the only way that they win this game. Like, they can put points up. I've I've seen them in two of the past three weeks when the weather conditions were were normal, put up 30-plus points. So, you know, it's not just, oh, if the defense doesn't shut them down and if they don't get, you know, some lucky splash plays here and there, maybe score a, a special teams or defensive touchdown, they got no chance. No, I think that's obviously what is wanted in this game and will go a long way in pulling an upset. It always does. But I'm just saying it's not like your only path, at least in my eyes. And that's something that we haven't had for a while, at least for a year, I'd say. Where, you know, because remember we said that year, the whole topic on this show and all shows was how sustainable is the Steelers formula where mm-hmm. it's just all splash from the defense, all block punts mm-hmm. from Miles Killebrew. Like, how is that translate to playoff team well it turns out jacob it didn't it was gonna translate to missing the playoffs Mm -hmm. then you found the other dimension you started scoring points on offense and you get to your 10th win so they have different dimensions now i think that also gives you a lot of hope without tj being in yeah it 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 definitely changes the whole aspect of the game right we're talking about a a a quarter like a 25 percent swing in your optimism or, or your level of expectations for this game, right? That's how big of a difference TJ Watt is. And I still think this defense can rely or this team can rely on its defense. Um I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that that defensive game against the Browns, TJ Watt was there to scoop it up, but that play was caused by Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt's going to be the first guy to tell you I was just in the right place at the right time. Highsmith caused the fumble. And then on the next play, it was Alex Highsmith, or I'm sorry, not on the next play, on the previous play, the first touchdown they got on defense, it was Alex Highsmith in coverage, you know, something we love to praise TJ Watt for doing, but this time it was Alex Highsmith in coverage with the pick six. So it's not like TJ Watt's the only guy that can cause turnovers, but it's certainly when you lose your best player, you obviously feel like you you lose a big chunk of your optimism of, of your of your legitimate chances of winning a game. But the fact that we're still talking about the Steelers being without TJ Watt and still being pretty optimistic for for what you know the rest of the league is looking at saying, oh well Buffalo's on a five game winning streak. They're at home. They just stole the division from Miami. They're the number two seed for God's sake. Like they can play every game at home for the whole postseason if they really if they really were able to what is it? Is it still a 10-point line, I think, at the moment? Yeah, it's around The there. fact that all of that is true, and we're still talking the way we are, and not just us, a lot of people in Pittsburgh are talking this way, it's got to it's gotta be for real. 
right? I, I don't think this team, like you said, is going to just be routed like the Steelers were against Kansas City, like they were against Cleveland, like they were early on against Jacksonville, like they were against uh, New England in the 2016 AC Championship game. I don't believe that'll happen. I don't either. I, I feel really confident in that. I, I don't feel confident enough to say they'll win, but I do feel confident enough to say we're going to have a good ball game on Sunday afternoon for us to enjoy and, and sweat it out. And, and here we know we were saying this build-up feeling, that what-if feeling. Well, the feeling that we've been missing in the past three playoff games has been that feeling in the fourth quarter when things are tight mm-hmm. and you really start to say one swing of momentum mm-hmm. and we actually win this football game. I think you're going to get that this Sunday. Now, now, I will say this, that that swing... Could you know, go the you, other way. Right, and right. It probably will on Sunday. That's, but I'm that, saying that moment is going to mm-hmm. be there where it's up for grabs and one of those teams has to take it. And yeah. you're going to have a chance, and that's going to feel great. Yeah. Because the last three games have all been, you know, the comebacks that they've tried to force on those teams has been, other than the Chiefs, Chiefs, they didn't even come back on. No. The Browns and the Jags, they tried their best to come back. And Couldn't they had those, like, oh, moments. Well, it was, it was the fact that you let up, what, three touchdowns in the first quarter against Jacksonville. You let up four touchdowns against the Browns in the first quarter. One on the first play. Of right. The game. So I, you had those moments, but you were chasing the whole time. Yeah, you're not gonna be chasing time. In this one. You're gonna be right there. You might fall behind game, early, but it's not be gonna right be back. to that insurmountable no, no, uh, no. comfort behind effort. I'm gonna tell you they they need to get turnovers. So I'm gonna talk about how they still can get a lot of turnovers even without T.J. Watt. I'm pretty confident in that. We'll discuss that. We'll talk about what kind of game we might see, run, pass. I know the weather's going to have something to play into that as well, but also these team styles are going to dictate what they want to do offensively. So we'll get into all of that on the other side. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman. You're listening to the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 